Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are once again live. We are not in Bear Cave Studios. We're meeting up at the church after the sermon. It is once again the Sports Frenzy podcast sold out. I am the good Reverend Jason Todd, and with me, as always, is the guy who brought me into the fold, the encyclopedia, gray beard, black beard, a little bit of both nowadays, doesn't matter, is our good friend Encyclopedia. How you doing? I'm doing well. And I, actually, I guess the big difference is full beard instead of just goatee beard. Very true. Apt for the winter. Yep, very very true. So, gentlemen, it's once again the two-man crew holding things down tonight. That's right. And we left the evil at home. It's the holiday season. No devil's advocate. Hey. Folks, he's claiming that his internet's down. I'm calling bullshit. No, I'm kidding. It's been left below. And uh, we want to send our well wishes to uh, Freddie Aloso. Feeling a little bit under the weather. So that's why the Reverend and I are holding it down at the church. It's the holiday season. Remember remember your church. The collection plates are going around. That's right. And that usually means two collections going. The normal collection and then an additional one for the holiday, isn't that? Well, I mean, the building fund is ongoing and the mm-hmm. holidays are special. So we have to have two plates. Yeah, true. So really, you could say for the church that it's Black Monday. With me, it's always Black Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Maybe has the Reverend been dipping into the holiday cheer a little bit tonight? Maybe. Who knows? You can't see me on this thing. You only have my word to take for it. Well, that makes two of us. (laughs) So, and then last week, you guys started a watch-along uh, from the anniversary of Starcade, and I think that was 83 you guys looked at last week, and we're looking at, we're planning to look at another one, 93, this week, where uh, Ric Flair uh, is going to fight Vader for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. But I thought, you know, just take a couple minutes... Anything you've enjoyed in the world of wrestling TV uh, since last week? Well, I'm actually going to remind you. Don't you usually have a segment you do to open up the show? I do. I know. I know it's a slow so, day. It's a slow day. I don't day. sound like a WCW hater, but when I was figuring out what bit of history to share with everybody, this thing just stuck out like a sore thumb, and it is objectively funny. And it's also very ridiculous. On this week in history, back in 1997, just before their biggest pay-per-view in history, in their company's history, WCW decided that they would take the first 30 minutes of Monday Nitro showing the crew change the WCW set to an NWO theme set. And it was an experiment, and you can't help people for experimenting, but they they wanted to see if the NWO could sustain their own programming, and it resulted in a 25% loss of the audience during the first hour. And and I got to tell you something. Um, they could have just started off with an NWO set and maybe saw, seen how it worked from that point, but I don't think people tune in to watch the actual work happen. I don't know. 
I'm actually curious for comparison's sake if it was a bigger hit than when they announced Mick Foley is working for the competition and is winning their championship. <laughs> that should put some butts in the seats and a record number changed the channel. I That's a good question because I don't remember what percentage they lost of their viewership that night. But it was a pretty big percentage. I'm going to look this up because I'm curious. Please do. Let's see. Encyclopedia. Do the encyclopedia. Yeah, I I mean, and even then, it's for two entirely different reasons. I mean, one of them was curiosity, and the other one is just disgust. Right. Uh, 600,000 homes. 600,000 homes. So that would be almost, that would be the entire NXT audience in a given week. Well, nowadays, practically. yes. And that yes, would probably, that would be at least two, probably at least two thirds of the AEW Dynamite audience on a weekly. Actually, that would be the end for Collision and Rampage for that week, too. Yeah. <laughs> Times have changed with viewership. Yeah. Oh, man. The way ratings have changed over the past uh, few decades. Right. It's, it's really a different game now. But either way, 600,000 is a lot of people. Yeah. No matter what era. Truth. Yeah. So. Oh, brother, testify. <laughs> Um, I'd also like to take a moment to just, and this is something I do behind the scenes quite often. I lament the loss of the United States viewers access to the WWE network because I, for one, enjoyed the, the user interface and I enjoyed the fact that I could look up things by match or look at a pay-per-view and, or premium live event pull it up and then select the match i want or watch the whole thing so i'm saying that because we're gonna start to watch starcade soon and it took me forever to actually pull up the thing and i maybe watched 10 minutes of ads total so that's just me being a curmudgeon about the new technology that looks a lot like the old technology that we didn't like that much to begin with. Encyclopedia, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Um, can you give us a little setup about this this show well, or about this match? Well, before we before we do that, we want to keep the tension going. So, <laughs> yeah, we are going to go back thirty years, and we're going to go watch. It's uh, I'm going to call it a flare for the old part two. We're going to see Ric Flair versus Vader for the WCW Championship. And the big thing with that, I'll I'll get into that in a few minutes, but let's just go into some quick current events beforehand. All right, you know, let's talk about. Yeah, because because you know we love to bitch about current product as if we're bookers or something. I'm all for it. All right, hit me up. What do we want to talk about first? All right, so first off, we'll go opening bout to mid card to main event. So. Opening bout for us, uh, Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White, who are two of the stars in the Iron Claw movie that is hitting theaters. Actually, in less than 24 hours from when we're recording this, because folks, as you haven't, if you haven't figured out already, we record this on Thursday night and you get it sometime, hopefully on Friday by early evening. They're open to a wrestling match. So my question is, and it's too bad that Rob's internet's down. Uh, the devil's advocate, I'm sure, would have a strong opinion on this. 
do we want to see them in a wrestling match? Do we want to see more Hollywood stars, more celebrities getting in the ring? Or is this just another case where we're rolling our eyes and like, all right, get get, get your little get your few minutes and tie it in, help the I guess in this case, help the purchasing of the digital versions of the of the movie by the time that match would happen and what have you. But what do you think? Do you want to see Zach Efron on Jeremy Allen White in a wrestling match? Short answer, no. Um, long answer, no. And here's my reason for it. I I, I appreciate, uh, and this is something we've been we've seen a lot of uh, actors join recently is they're having the appreciation for what wrestlers are doing and what it actually takes for them to apply that craft. And if anybody, if any of y'all have been following the stories and the interviews about exactly what kind of training they went through um, to prepare for this movie and to perform well in this movie, they all came out of it with that appreciation as well. And I think that's wonderful. And to that effect, if they show up at a backstage segment or they show up in the in the crowd or there's a someone in the ring doing some back and forth with them, I think that's awesome. Even if there's that little running thing, you know, where they maybe maybe the heel comes out and is talking trash to the Hollywood star and then she mushes them in the face and maybe they trip them up during the match so the face wins. Whatever, any of that stuff. I think that's great. I don't think they need to do a match, however. And I think that because there's so much talent out there right now to do the actual wrestling. So they, I don't need to see it. But I'm glad they would be open to it, and I'm glad they have that appreciation for it. Good for them. And maybe they'll do something in a small thing somewhere, and that would be cool, but they don't need to be in on any of these big shows. What about you? So maybe on the indie scene you're thinking? Maybe on the indie scene, um, you never know. A house show, they go to somebody's hometown, and maybe that actor shows up, and that's nice. That's cool for the fans and cool for the locals. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't need. You know, also, it's not like, you know, it's not like Robert De Niro's walking somebody to the ring. Uh, and not to take away from their cachet as actors, but it's not like they're that big. You know that. Big. It's not, it's not a, you know, Hiddleston or, or, or Hemsworth or any of them folks showing up in the ring. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm trying to think. We, we, you know, if we go back way back, we had Mr. T get in the ring. Yes, and that was great, and that was a huge deal when it happened. It was a huge deal when it happened. Um, we currently we've had logan paul we've had bad bunny uh we've had snooki i mean um we had um what's his name from heels Stephen amell yes yes so like in Stephen amell's case it was interesting because he's not like as big a star as those two yeah that was interesting and it was an interesting undercard kind of thing going on with him and cody and it's not just that they. He also then he wrestled at the first. I believe it was all all in. I think was that's all, right. He really did follow through on I that. It, uh, who was it? Was it Christopher Daniels or Frankie Kazarian? I forget who it was. Anyway, he wrestled there, um, and that I feel like because he wasn't necessarily in a star grabbing 
star, you know, center of attention match. It was okay. Um, but he's always been a wrestling fan. I, I think, and I brought up the indie because I was like, you know, if like an indie show is to win some big stadium, like minor league baseball show, I know Northeast Wrestling does that. They they do that quite a bit in, uh, every summer. Um, wrestling Under the Stars, they call it. Um, something like that, maybe. Um, as far as being on a big show, if they were going to be in the corner of the Von Erichs, you know, the Von Erichs were just on AEW recently. I could, and maybe they get a cheap shot in. I think that's about the the extent of what we, we'd be acceptable, you know, what we'd Maybe be okay Chavo seeing. does a show. Huh? Maybe Chavo is doing an appearance at a show somewhere and he has one of them with him because he trained them. So maybe there's something there. Chavo Guerrero. I guess it's a possibility. But yeah, I, I got a, I, this is a case where they're not they're not big fans. They were just asked a random question. I don't want to see that. Um, and I think a lot of... I think if... This is the thing. I think AEW, at least audience-wise, would be a more acceptable spot for that. But the AEW fans usually consist of really hardcore fans by today's standards. Um I don't. I think those fans would crap all over it. So, um, where I think WWE is more pegged for that, but then you got, you know, they're gonna they'd end up doing it on one of their biggest shows of the years, and then you're gonna get the talk about oh they took a spot from somebody that's been there all year, which I don't. Uh, yeah, in this case, I don't think it brings new eyeballs to the product, not enough to warrant it. Um, I think that ship really sailed at least on the movie star level. They had that opportunity with Mickey Rourke, it didn't work out. I think that right that was Very probably the last time I feel like you could have properly got away with it. Now, if this movie does really, really well, then there's another that adds another layer to it because if it's pulling in major money at the box office, then I can see, you know, one of those big two saying, you know what, let's bring them in for something and do a segment. We got to do something with them and capitalize. Because you know, money changes everything. No, that's true. Um, the wrestler didn't actually pull in a ton of money. I actually remember I went all the way in. And coincidentally, it came out around the same time of year. I went all the way into New York to see it. Um, former podcast co-host Stevie G went with me and another another friend. Uh, and we had to go into the city to see it. I think eventually, not at the time realizing that indie stuff. The um, the indie movies were starting to creep their way out of the large cities if you waited a few weeks. But uh, I was glad I went into the city to see that. I think this is going to be bigger than that. Um, the other thing is uh, I'm still behind on my normal podcast listening. And I was listening to Bruce Pritchard's last Ask Bruce Anything episode from around Thanksgiving. And apparently he saw the movie and he said it's not a wrestling movie. It's about the tragedy of a family. Um, he kept driving that home. He said wrestling was in the back was like the backdrop so interesting so i'd be curious i'd be curious you know once once we get an opportunity to see that movie if we still feel like oh yeah this is a wrestling movie you know let's see really good point too yeah so time will tell something Um, i was just thinking of that when you mentioned that i and about the thing about actors understanding exactly what it is wrestlers are doing and how many different 
skills you need to have in order to do that effectively. Um, a few years back, I don't know if you recall, but a certain uh, film star, video star, if you will, of the adult persuasion, Mia Khalifa, had a few words to say about wrestling and how she had no... Um, now, I mind you, she does work that I've never watched ever in my life because pious and such. But she had a few words to say, and it, it kind of got set the internet on fire. And she talked about how fake it was and how she had no respect for wrestlers. And there were many people who flamed her very famously. Um, I believe Shane Hurricane Helms had a comment on Twitter saying, yeah, well, you know, our bodies do take a pounding. I thought you would understand that. And... I just saw a clip and it was an interview with Thunder Rosa and she talked about it and she said, well, everybody was jumping on her. So I talked to her and got her to come into the ring so she could learn about what we do. And after she learned about what we did, a couple of days later, she said she was so sore, she never wants to do it again. And, but she understood and wouldn't call it, you know, wouldn't disparage it any further. I think that's enough. They don't all have to get on, in the ring in front of the cameras and on TV or in a, you know, on a pay-per-view. It's nice to see that they just acknowledge it. It's also nice to see them acknowledge it and not be like, are these people crazy? Why are they even doing this? You know, I've been waiting for a celebrity to be like, those wrestlers are insane. I took a few bumps. Why would you do that to your bodies? Blah, blah, blah. We've surprisingly never heard anything like that come out of any celebrity. That is kind of interesting. And I wonder if it's because there is such a tie between what the two of them do, what those two professions are in terms of entertainment. You see people ask that about football players all the time. Like, Why would you do this? But you, you, you wouldn't see an actor. I, I feel like you'd see an actor ask, you'd hear an actor ask that about a football player more than you would about a wrestler. All right. Uh, so mid card, um, sad state of affairs, really. So a couple years ago, an unfortunate event occurred. Uh, there was a tag team match going on that involved New Day and Brawling Brutes. And Ridge Holland hit, and I believe it was an overhead belly to back suplex on Big E. And unfortunately, Big E suffered a career-threatening neck injury. Um, he's still not back. Um, there's talk that maybe yeah, one day he will. Life-threatening, yeah. So, um, you know, wrestling does do a lot of things in bad taste, and do we have that happening here again? And the reason I bring that up is on this week's NXT, we had Ridge Holland refer to the fact that he's injured people before and you know he wants a fresh start and you know he doesn't want people to look at him as the guy that injures people and what do they do they have a match with him against the nxt champion Ilya dragunov and he hits a cradle ddt and Ilya just lays there kind of with his arms stuck up in the air and they're running an injury angle so what i want to know is was this a good idea or was this in bad taste? Because apparently the, even though there were rumblings that a lot of people behind the scenes might not have thought this was such a good idea. At least the people running NXT thought it came off very well. Um, I'll, I'll start off. I watched the segment. 
it wasn't obvious like in a way where you know he got dropped on his head so that you really thought he was injured so i think if the way it played out and then Vitalin was really upset you could tell they were acting but i just feel like it was so unnecessary i don't think you need to go there at all there's no reason for that uh, i i don't i i I get that you're trying it's going to tie into a long-term storyline about Rital and trying to overcome the fact that he injures people but it just it just seems like it's in such bad taste you had a real life injury there so with Biggie why would you turn this into a storyline and replay it in people's heads in some respects I know it wasn't the same move um and if you watched it it was the way it was filmed the way it was shot you could tell it was a storyline but I just I think it's so unnecessary here um I know you Jason, are a big fan of Big E. What's your take on this? Yes, I am a big fan of Big E. And I mean, just with that also, I always like to point out the fact that he is able to live life very normally at this point. And of course, there's always whispers that he might even be able to wrestle at some point again now that he, his recovery has gone that well. But we know that it's probably likely he won't just for his own safety. So I just wanted to sit and get that out of the way. Um, I I found I thought this was interesting because I, I did hear about it before I watched it. And I almost hope I hadn't. I wish I hadn't heard about it first. But when I did watch it, it looked like it was executed pretty well in terms of an angle. And you're right. It didn't look like something. Like, it looked like something happened. Like, you could believe something happened. And it looked like it's a good story. And the setup for it, he just wanted to prove himself and see where he was, where he stood. You know, I mean, Ridge Holland. It's in bad taste, possibly. We've watched this happen many, many times. We watched Owen Hart run an angle after breaking Stone Cold's neck. We watched Seth Rollins with a brand new piece of merchandise after breaking John Cena's face. We've, we've seen this time and time again. Maybe the only person who didn't get an angle off of it was uh, uh, Mabel after messing up Undertaker there. Um, like, it's... I think it's part of it. And I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying that excuses it. I'm saying... There is a part of wrestling that is taking some negative real things that can happen and figuring out a way to help these guys make money. D'Lo Brown did never never ran an angle over what happened to Draws. He never ran an angle over that. As a matter of fact, he was mortified by it. And I don't think I think he would have said no flat out if they'd ever asked him to do it that way. Um in this case, with Big E, I know they've made their peace. Um, then you had the thing happen with Pretty Deadly, where uh, he kind of got blamed for, I think it was for Kit messing up his shoulder. Um, there's something there, and there could be a really good way to grow a character and grow a performer out of it. And you mentioned it. It could be him overcoming that and becoming something good. It could be him ex embracing it and becoming a true, like, a really good heel um, and growing into that role. And I think if they do that, it would get heat. 
it's kind of cheap, maybe, but I don't know. I can't say what's cheap. I don't do this for a living. Um, I mean, there are things you could do to make it work and work well enough that people would forget their initial distaste with what they saw on TV last week or this, this past week. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think in the end it's okay. Like, I'm sure there was a conversation. Ridge Holland had a conversation with a couple people before he went and did this. I think it's all right. I would hope so. I would actually yeah. hope that they also had the courtesy to contact Biggie and say, hey, look, this is a storyline we're thinking of running. What do you think? Uh, if we we respect you, we don't want to, you know, insult you or upset you in any way, shape, or form. So we wanted to give you a heads up. What, you know, do, do, can we get your blessing on this? I, I don't know if... I, I feel I like so. Shawn Michaels should know better, but. Well, that's why I think there was probably something said to somebody because of the people in charge right now. Although from all the things said about Vince, he would have also been one of those people who might think, hey, let's talk to talk to so-and-so and do business the right way or whatever. But I think with the guy like Shawn Michaels in charge right now, this Shawn Michaels um, and Triple H really overseeing all of it, I think it's more than likely, but I, I also think what we understand about wrestlers nowadays is more that more of these people are rooting for each other and know each other behind the scenes and really communicate a lot. And to that effect, I would be, I would be almost certain that Ridge Holland and Big E communicate more often than not so that this wouldn't be some blindsiding thing. You know what I mean? And I'm, I also think that Big E might be the type to say, what are you talking about? You have a chance to do something good with this. Try it. Do it. I don't know. That's how I see it. All right. Well, thank you for that perspective. I didn't really think of it that way. Oh, appreciate yeah, no, and from what you were saying, I understand that perspective too because that was my initial thought when yeah. I heard about it. Yeah, and when when I I heard about it first, then I watched the pack, and I was like, on t- it doesn't look as bad as they made it out to be, but no. it was more a case of was it in good taste? So, yeah. and I and I think the answer is I think both things can be true. Yeah. True. True. All right, and then before we get to our watch along. The one of the big stories that came out uh, in the last twenty four hours, uh, Mercedes Monet is asking for that Monet to return to the WWE. So is the former Sasha Banks on her way back to WWE? Um, the rumor is, and I don't know how they could really confirm this with the numbers. I don't think that's it would be public record, but the rumor is that she's asking for more than what Charlotte Flair just got on her re-up deal. So I, my question is, not not is a mercedes Monet slash Sasha Banks slash really a mercedes Farnado return to WWE a good idea? Um, it's more a case of, is she worth... Is she worth it to uh, enough to? Is she is she that good that she should potentially be the number one paid women's wrestler in WWE? Is, is there what's the return of investment? Do we think that 
what she's paid, she's going to bring that back to the company by being there. Ooh, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Um, okay, I have a couple things about that, I guess. Uh, my first question would be a question to you. Who right now, aside from Charlotte Flair, because she's that probably, I can see how she's the highest paid and probably Becky Lynch because she's there. Who should be making more than her? Who that's not a horsewoman should okay. be making more I than was going to, because I was going to say the only one I could see remotely, possibly, no, I, and she's one of my favorites. Um, oh yes, I want her to get that money too. I would love for Bailey to get that money, but I don't think she brings in that the money that Becky Lynch does. That's for sure. Uh, well, Becky Lynch, to be fair, was—I mean—that was a phenomenal run that she yeah. put on. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think as much as I'm sick of Charlotte, um, and it's kind of sad. That you know she's she's injured. She's going to be out for nine months. And to be honest with you, the first thing I thought is who fucking cares? Um, which I know is it. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. It's totally insensitive of me. I just feel like she's, I just feel like she's bland. It's the same shit over and over again. I know Rob. I think has been complaining about it as well. She's always in the title picture. She disappears for months and all of a sudden comes back in and she's automatically a number one contender. And it's just like. The, it, she does a moonsault from the top rope and says, come on. Yeah, it's yeah. I just don't find her to be very original anymore. It's just the same shtick over and over again. Although a lot of people claim that that's that was most of her her father's career. I don't know necessarily if I agree with that, but I also didn't. We'll see that. Watch we'll a see a little later players. on. Yeah. Well, that that specific match, the finish is interesting. But anyway, um, do I think she has the potential? Be a bigger draw than Charlotte. Yes, I do. However, at this point, money-wise, I don't... I'd say she might be even keel with Charlotte Tops. Um, and I think I think she's got to really restore the goodwill that she lost the way she handled things on her way out. Um, I get that she didn't agree with the booking and what have you, but to walk in, leave the titles there, and walk out. Uh, that's that's not the most professional thing to do. Um, I mean, granted, I'm a huge CM Punk fan, and the way he's handled things hasn't really helped his reputation at all either. Well, you can't choke somebody at work out anymore and leave. Come on, you can't, you can't punch him in the face backstage. Um, I I think it would depend on how they bring her back. And here, here's the problem they have right now. I think SmackDown is desperately hurting for a challenger for Yosuke on the babyface side. Um, she's already gone through Asuka, who's now heel. She's gone through Bianca Belair. She's gone through Charlotte. So who's left? Uh, I think most of us would probably agree with what I'm about to say. Bailey's probably going to get turned on by damage control, and she's going to go face, and she'll probably challenge Yosuke at WrestleMania. That's my prediction, folks. That could be uh that could also be a preview of our Royal Rumble picks. because um, right now, if I had a pick right now, I would say I would say Bailey's winning the Royal Rumble. Um the all that being said, I think if they don't go that route, or and that's still months away, um, maybe Sasha Banks is a credible challenger as a face. But 
her work as a heel in NXT was on another level, and she hasn't come close to duplicating that on the main roster. When she was feuding with Bailey, she was such a nasty freaking bitch. Like, made you That's feel like Bailey true. was never going to be a champion. She was never good enough. Like, destroyed her ha- arm, like, or her hand going into that whole storyline. Was destroying it during that match. I mean, that, you know, they ask, sometimes you hear people ask, if you had to introduce uh, a non-wrestling fan of wrestling, which is the match you would go with? Um because of the way today's wrestling audience is now, I would actually, I would go hands down Bailey versus Sasha Banks from that NXT takeover in Brooklyn. I I was sitting like probably ten rows from the top of the Barclays Center, and I was tearing up at the end of it. I te- and I was tearing up almost every time I watched it. Like I must have watched it three or four times after that, and was tearing up by the end of it. I think it was just such a great story, and a lot of that is the credit to Sasha Banks and how mean and nasty she was. Yeah, her genesis into the boss into becoming that character, the boss, and not the version we saw on SmackDown because that was a different thing. That was the the Disney-fied version of it. Um, I like that, Disney-fied. Yeah, it's... that Because well, WWE, that is, that is their status in the world of professional wrestling. They are the Disney of professional wrestling. That's just what happens. Um, but... I remember thinking that character was something. It worked for me so much because I don't know about you, but I feel like all of us might have known somebody at some point who went that route. Not to that extreme, but who just suddenly changed up on everybody she knew and started treating people like on everybody they knew and started treating certain people like crap. And them holding themselves on a pedestal and that character was so great and it's arguable and likely that you can say she made bailey's career with that feud because i i don't know if you i don't know if you fully get and fully accept and fully appreciate the the type of character Bailey was without someone like a Sasha Banks as that foil. Like it, it's, it, it was so good. I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, I will say this during the, um, the era that shall not be named after that disease that never, that took place for a couple of years, I thought her work, was really really great i thought she and uh bailey were doing some wonderful stuff and i thought she was very good but just got overshadowed by how much bailey was coming into her own character during that time during during the performance center era um so I think she could come in and work at that level again. And I think we've seen now that there are companies willing to pay her a lot of money to go wrestle for them. And if she hadn't gotten hurt, she probably would have had a really long, nice long New Japan run um, that I really would have enjoyed seeing. And I wanted to see what she did with that Mercedes Monet character. Um, 
I think she could do it again. I, and I think there's a familiarity there. With how she left WWE, however, and I think we talked about this before, I don't think it was the booking alone. I will still contend to this day, and I don't know if they'll ever talk about it, her or Trinity. Um, I don't know if they'll ever talk about it openly, but something was said that day. And something was said to them by the right person at the wrong time or the wrong person at the right time for them to say, you know what? No, we're done. And if they can mend that fence, um, you know, you have a new regime in charge. I think that's great. Uh, is it worth the money? Hell, it ain't my money. Pay them. Hey, it's not my money. I don't care. I want to see all of them make money. Because if she gets paid, that means Bailey's next contract, she's getting paid. Well, and I'm all for that. Let me stop you there. It was reported earlier today that Bailey has resigned a multi with WWE on a multi year deal. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, all right. Let's. Uh... If that's true, that's been reported. Apparently, it sounds like. Um, and it's happened over the last couple of months that a lot of people were signed to five-year deals back in 2019 to prevent them from jumping AEW, and a lot of those contracts are coming up. Um, both both Ray and Dominic Mysterio have resigned. I believe for Dominic, they're saying it's a five-year deal. Ray Mysterio, it might be three. So uh, I did hear about Dominic, and I think that's awesome. By the way, I'm so happy yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the the kid. I mean, he can't he can't get a word. It's almost become one of the fun things to do at a wrestling show. Uh, is to boo him out of the building. Yes. Um, and he's just so yes. good at it. And you know they're playing into it because you can't tell me they can't turn that mic up and turn that crowd noise totally. microphone down. Yeah. Totally. It's great. He leans into it. Yep. Um, he created something. And all of us, except maybe his father and the people who work closest with him, thought that he wasn't going to be able to do it and he leaned into everything we thought about him and made it a truly wonderful thing to watch on television and he's gotten better in the ring uh we can't ignore that he, he knows how he knows what to do in the ring and, and i think that's really cool but back to bailey and, and so okay she signed the contract Let's uh let's take the namesake of our, our of our missing comrade for tonight and play devil's advocate for a second. Hey, maybe she signed that contract because she knew that they're gonna throw a bunch of money at her best one of her best friends. Maybe. maybe. It's possible. You never know. I don't know. And you uh, know, how do you use it? Maybe um, maybe at some point, you you, know, you have two faces now who are the women's tag team champions. Maybe at some point, Damage Control gets those titles back. And now they have a reason to feud with the Bailey and a Sasha, who were tag team champions. I guess that's a possibility, too. Uh, yeah, because I... I mean, and I, I've dubbed this, I've dubbed these two KC squared for a long time. I'm surprised they haven't come up with that marketing genius for the two of them yet. But... Did I get that from you? Because that's how I always thought. I thought that was their name. Maybe I got that from you. Maybe. I guess. I, I don't want to take credit for it. If Maybe WWE has said it at some point. I don't personally don't recall it. And I'm, If there's a check to be paid, you should take credit. Well, in all, and in all seriousness, I'm the marketing, I'm surprised they haven't jumped on that possibility. But anyway, be that as it may. Um, 
you might be onto something because I, I think I think we're gonna see a Kabuki Warrior title win soon. Um, I think KC squared might yes. be might be they could be transitional champions or it could be that they hold it till WrestleMania where they drop it to the Kabuki Warriors. Um, I, I, I I'll be know. honest. I think a feud between those two teams would be pretty good. I think so too. I, I think I think Katana and Kaden really have to get that finishing move a little bit crisper than they are because it just seems like Katana kind of doesn't land properly most of the time. Like she's not real. The, the impact's not there. Like they they replayed that finish from Raw when they pinch when she pin hit it and pinned Chelsea Green, and I was like, it doesn't look like she yeah. really landed on her. Well, you know what's interesting? That time I watched it, I thought that's not the best. That's like maybe the worst version I've. Uh, of it i've seen they have not hit they haven't hit it well on the main roster i personally don't think that they've come close for it to i mean even in nxt was questionable but i feel like it's looked even worse now in the main roster i mean there is a degree of difficulty but yeah i see what you mean you want to get into that and i like akana chance or casey catanzaro i think was her original her real name i like i don't see why they had to change that but anyway um yeah as far as going back to the original question i i think i don't i think as of right now Mercedes Varnado is not proven enough in the wrestling world that she could be that she should be getting Charlotte Flair money. Let's put it that way. I could see her getting top, is, though, maybe top three book. in the company. I could see that because I think she, I think she has the potential to be a more compelling character than Bianca Belair. But and she would solidly be at the number three and number four. The other thing is Rhea Ripley has advanced by leaps and bounds since Mercedes Monet yes. left. Um, or yes. Sasha Banks or Mercedes Bernardo. I know I keep throwing all three names out there. I, I, I don't think she's Sasha quite... Bernardo. Yeah, I don't think. But... I just I, I don't think she's quite Charlotte Flair money yet because Charlotte Flair has been loyal to that company since day one, where she bucked it and ran. So I, I don't. I, I will say this, and though. she's one of my favorites. Let me let me be clear. I loved yeah. I love Sasha Banks. She was one of my. Yeah. She and Bailey were like my top two. Um, I, I, I've not, I mean, I'm glad EO Sky's champion now and I really love Bailey, but Bailey, Sasha Banks were my top two for the longest time. They still are. So, um, that's, that's a good list. Um, I will say this though, out of all the women on in WWE right now, she would have the greatest crossover appeal. I can't argue. I mean, she does. I mean, she now comes in with like a certified name. So I think part of that fee would be for that name. But yeah, I, I mean, look, if we can get them all back in the same, under the same umbrella again, I just think that's great. I, I just think give them the money. But again, it's not my money. Yeah, and I don't think, I think the way AEW's women's division's being booked and the way it looks, I think she'd be like, am I really going to go there? I mean, I think I think she'd all for being the one to drive a division, but I think she look she would look at AEW and be like, "What are they doing?" And she's not an impact, or the soon to be rebranded TNA. I think their women's division is probably a better fit for her, but she's not going to get paid the way she wants to be paid there either. So no. WWE is her only option, really, or New Japan. I agree. I agree with you. Um, so. Although Impact would TNA would throw some money it sounds like they're willing to throw money where there's money to be made and i'm sure she wouldn't mind a chance to team with her old tag team partner again but still the 
fact that CM Punk is back in WWE makes everything possible now. That might have been impossible just a few weeks ago. So I wouldn't put it past uh, Triple H for signing her and Nick Khan. It's not like she has to worry about Big Johnny and his people power. That's right. Okay. Uh, All right. So we initially planned to talk about three topics and we've been going for well over 40, 45 minutes right now. (laughs) So um, I'm sure you people have a lot of other podcasts you want to listen to. So let's get to our watch along Um, just to give you a little background. It's Ric Flair versus Vader from Starcade 93. So it was the 10th anniversary, the 11th edition. Wow. They actually identified the anniversary properly. Because how many times did WrestleMania say, oh, yeah, it's the 25th anniversary. WrestleMania 25. No, it's not the 25th anniversary. That's right. Okay. Um, That's right. Just to summarize, it was supposed to be Vader versus Sid, and there was an incident with Sid and Arn Anderson and some scissors, I believe, a uh, stabbing incident. Uh, so Sid got the kibosh. Ric Flair ended up in the storyline with Vader and had to put his career on the line to get this title shot. So... Um, that's where we are. Um, we are at approximately two hours, 13 minutes and 45 seconds on Starcade 93. Uh, if you're using Peacock, it's season 11, episode one. So, Reverend, are you in the congregation ready? Oh, we are ready. We are ready. Good, sir. Okay. I hope all the listeners are ready. All right. So I'm going to start the countdown. I'm going to say three, two, one, and play, and then hit play. And again, two hours, 13 minutes, 45 seconds. In three, two, one, play. So if I remember correctly, this actually took place in Charlotte, which is where Ric Flair resides or resided Uh, at the time. Hometown hero, Uh, it's Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body on commentary. And this was, um, as we realized, this was Mean Gene Okerlund's first Starcade. Mm. Part of that announcer exodus. And was he the beginning of that exodus? <laughs> I think at least, I think Jesse the Body was at least here for another year and a No, that's right. Wait, I'm trying to think. When did when did might have been Jesse that Jesse had less than a year left at this point. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think when when Hogan ended up in WCW. If it was I'm trying to remember if it was I think it was ninety four. It was ninety four. I have not watched this in years. It's also interesting. It wasn't, I don't recall very often that Flair was facing somebody larger than him. It's usually somebody comparable in size, you know?
that's a good point. Um, because I, I don't think, I mean, he's a, he was a kind of a big guy in his, but he was the fit guy. He was the right. body guy. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. I guess I could see that. It just, this seems like more like a Hogan style match, you know, topple the big, he, big man toppling the bigger, the much bit larger opponent. Yeah. Also, the way Flair came out and just went right into the ring, it, it it's interesting. It doesn't seem like the typical Ric Flair. I mean, when now you said this is because of an injury. What was it? What was? Did Did you say that was an injury? It was an injury to. Uh... No, Sid got Sid was supposed to. So okay, so Sid got fired. Sid was fired. Yes. So how close to the actual night did that happen? Or had they not decided who was going to be in this match yet until maybe that day? Because uh, I don't know. No, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't that close. Him. It wasn't that close. Okay. Because right. then I could see he's like, oh, shoot, I got to get my robe on and then just run out to the ring. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see. It, I'm going to try to going to try to see if I could narrow down the time frame, but I think it was at least a month or so, maybe. Oh, October 28th. So this this happened two months later. Okay. So the incident with, between Arnold Anderson and Sid Vicious, there was a double sta- stabbing. It was at a hotel. Vicious got fired. So Flair got inserted in to the storyline. That's amazing. You could be involved in a double. There could be a double standing, double stabbing, and only one one of the people gets in trouble. Yeah. I'm using buffer here. Yeah, that's serious. This this does take me back. I'm seeing Michael Buffer. Announce uh, as the ring announcer for uh, a wrestling main event. You know, and the funny enough, um, as I read more about the the watch along we did last week, which was from '83, Flair versus Race. Flair apparently had announced his retirement two months prior to that Stargate originally. So Flair's got something about <laughs> how many times was he was was he retired? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my goodness! How many last matches has he had? Right, earlier in the same year that this match that we're watching occurred, he lost a career-ending match to Mister Perfect that sent him out of WWF. Jeez, jeez, that's right! Oh my god, how many WWF last matches did he have? Come on. Well, two. I guess yeah, just just the two, but this he could be a serial offender, right? My God, Vader! Vader looks like he's already sweated off five pounds in the match. Barely started. <laughs> Hasn't even done anything yet. And I, I liked Vader. I, I I remember I was so pissed when he faced Shawn Michaels for the title and didn't get it at SummerSlam. Yeah. I was so angry. They just did not use him. The way he did, he needed to be used in in that company. Well, there there was a theory that he um, he lost a lot of confidence uh, 
when Hogan made him look weak in their feud. Like I think I don't even think Hogan sold a, sold uh, Vader's finishers at all. He like just popped right up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, well there's another one. Right? I don't think trying to do a collar elbow tie up with Vader is wrestling a smart match, Tony. Gotta say, I forgot all about Ric Flair with abs. <laughs> right? It's been so long. Kind of interesting, the announce team from the 1990 Royal Rumble is the announce team here. <laughs> Actually, I'm trying to remember if Tony Schiavone also was the summer, if there was the same two for SummerSlam 89. Very curious now. Yeah, Vader's kind of known for uh, not taking liberties, but not knowing his own strength. I'll put it that way. True. And I'm looking at all those little punches he's tagging Flair with, thinking, oh, how many of those left some serious knots on his jaw? Hmm. Oh, I, okay. SummerSlam 89 and Royal Rumble 90 was uh, Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. Interesting. You know, that's another thing that's interesting because it's so easy for me to forget that Schiavone ever worked for WWF. It's one year. One year exactly. Those shots. It's almost like the modern. It was like what today would be considered a hammer fist. Mm. Except they were standing up. It's always so weird seeing Harley Race as a manager. It is. God, can you imagine if they tried to wrestle this style of match now? The fans would be booing it. You know, I'm not entirely sure of that. You think they'd be I'll okay with the slow pace? I, I, I think, know I am. I think there are some that would be okay with it, and I think it depends on the situation. I, 
I feel like there's a market for every type of wrestling style now. Yeah. Jeez. You know what's interesting is watching Ric Flair hit a chop and not hear the uh, crowd go woo. Mm-hmm. It's such it's such a a novelty now. I actually wonder. I I feel like we're timing wise we might be slight not quite in sync. Probably. So I got Vader supl- setting Vader uh, Flair up for a suplex into the ring and just freaking throwing him. Yep, we're we're lined up. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was on mute for a second, and I said it when it happened Got about it. the chops. But then I was like, "Oh shoot, I'm on mute." That's how he keeps the congregation and his church longer, folks. It's true. They they like. Oh, did you say something, Reverend? Oh, sorry, I was on mute. Strange how that works in person. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the flare flop. Jeez, the way that camera work is going on right now, you think he took a hit? Mm, true. Jeez. I'd love to say that was on purpose, but... Mm-hmm. It's just such a different dynamic to see Flair facing a guy that's this much larger than him. I think that's why I always found this match interesting to watch. It's almost as if he doesn't have time to be Ric Flair. Yeah. Because he's so busy getting his ass whipped. It's true. Excuse me. Woo. (laughs) Vader didn't even budge on that last chop. Did they really bill him as 400? I thought so. Yeah, no, he just... 
I feel like 400 was like reserved for like the King Kong Bundys and bigger. I don't feel like Vader. I figure Vader maybe is 350 or 380, but 400 just seems like a reach. I don't know. I think, So it was interesting the way the WCW rings were set up. The sound when the guys hit the mat was just so much different than what you'd hear in WWF. Yes. Ric Flair, Ric Flair with the uh, Tatanka Tomahawk shot. Mm-hmm. Barely got that one. Jeez. Yeah, when did you see Flair hit moves off the top rope? Like ever. Successfully, yes. That's very odd. You know, he's delivering the bleeding, but he's the one with the bloody mouth now. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I don't know if you noticed on that last angle, but it looked like, I guess this is the Charlotte Coliseum, it looked like they had uh, wooden seats, like, in one section. Yeah, ringside? No, no, no. Like, if you look, th that corner where he had just done the suplex, oh. it looked straight to, like, that 100, what would be that first level going up. Oh. It's probably a sellout, and they probably had to add in some more seats. Oh, maybe. Meanwhile, I'm actually thinking for a Starcade, from what we eventually got used to, this is actually probably a small crowd. But I guess a year from now, your Starcade main event was Hogan versus Butcher. So. Jeez. Brother. I just thought of another one. Hogan defeated Flair in a career-ending match less than a year from now at Halloween Havoc. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you must set the record. Oh, my goodness. Wait, did... Did... Hennig end his career in both companies at one point? Um, or did he just put Flair out? He put Flair out the second time. He slammed okay. the cage door at War Games yeah, into his head. I remember that. Yeah, so I don't think it was a true career-ending match per se. Out.
or somebody said to me. I was listening to something. I can't remember what it was. They said, the Irish whip is the fakest move ever invented in wrestling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anytime I see it happen, I can't get it out of my mind now. But yeah, that would never work in actual in an actual fight. That's true. And you know, and you know, if you want to get momentum, you might run at your opponent, but you're not going to hit the ropes for that momentum. By the way, I oh, like that Tony Schiavone mentioned made a reference to Harley dropping the belt of Flair at the '83 yes. Starcade. Which, if you missed it last week, that was our watch along with Freddie Oloso. That's right. By the way, folks, I, I, I'm I'm very hungry right now for a classic donut, and it's thanks to Jason's ultra cool mug, shaped like yes. a donut, Jason. The, the folks, there's no video on this podcast, so they're not seeing the nice mug you have. That's why Maybe I'm we can make it, it the image for, it, we can make it the episode image for this week. Right. It looks like, it, it looks like, uh, it looks like a donut with chocolate frosting and, and sprinkles. I don't know what that reference is, sir. I'm sorry. Sir, it is a Simpsons reference. It is a Simpsons. Okay. I figured it was, yes. but then I thought maybe it was something cool like that. Maybe that Randy Donuts in L.A. sell something like that, and I didn't realize uh, it. Uh, one year, I was part of a Secret Santa, and I was very fortunate to receive this nice. uh, as a gift. And it is my favorite, favorite mug. Awesome. I know I get to a point now where I got to throw mugs away because I find cool new ones that I think are cooler than the ones I already have. I don't know how to throw mugs away. Uh, you, Maybe you I some, should. Or at least donate them to my office or something. Yeah, it, it ends up being twofold for me. Either they somehow break or the coffee stains end up got so bad that it's just not worth keeping. Although oh, I did find if I, I put... I don't know what that is. I, I was raised by a, a Marine sergeant. I don't know what that is for a stain to get too bad in the dish. Well, it's one of those things where you can wash it over and over again, but it, like... What I found a solution. I basically take boiling hot water and some of that Ajax powder and I just leave it in there for a while and that seems to loosen it up. That's right. I forgot that Vader ended up taking uh, getting busted open in this match a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of cool seeing that Ric Flair can brawl as dirty as it as necessary. Yeah, yeah, totally different style. Not, from not what we cheating were used wise, to. but just like get into a real slugfest. Like he was that kind of guy too. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, Vader looks like he's gone through 10 rounds now. Yeah. There's a subtlety in what we're seeing that I miss. Hmm. 
And it's not that it's not over the top, because of course it's wrestling. It's going to be over the top and people have to see what's happening. Yeah. But the subtlety, you know, like nowadays, and this is for a while now, but you'll see like, you'll see whoever's making. But yeah, it's it's a very subtle thing. You see, you see a lot of um, matches nowadays where, like, someone will hit a move and then they'll both just collapse. Yeah. But or, or they'll hit a move. What I like, nowadays they hit a move and they just jump right back up. Or yeah, or they'll kip up even more, yeah. which is amazing that everybody can suddenly kip up like it's nothing. The right. thing I tried to do for. 20 years of my life and still couldn't get done weight a lot less than I do now. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But what I do think is really interesting. And I think what we're, we're going to see that here is that you can see someone get so tired that they take a knee or they lean on something mm-hmm. and you'll see flair doing this. And it's really impressive because you can really sh- see that exhaustion and i like that better than the over dramatic like just flop to the ground yeah yeah agreed yeah it's like um oh he does get the figure four on him oh jeez I tell you, the way Harley Race has worked in this match, you you wouldn't realize that he had a career-ending back injury years prior. Agreed. Oh, that's right. Doesn't he go up to the top here? (gasps) Yes. I think so. He's got to try. I think you're right. He walked into a foot. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair to call it a jog. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wasn't a sprint, but it is. Well, this is like uh, ground and pound before yeah. MMA was a thing. I think the first UFC had taken place like a few months prior. There wasn't such a thing as ground and pound yet. I can't believe it's that long ago. Right. You're right. I swear, Vader like ne- rarely hit this the moon salt. It was almost like uh, it was like he hit that moon salt as many times as Ric Flair won a match with the figure four. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. I love it. Idiot. (laughs) He pushed him out of the ring. (laughs) All right. No more am I going to complain about today's referees getting too involved in a match. Well. (laughs) Not after that. 
Well, if you want to see referees get involved in the match. Oh. Yeah, how's that for a finish? Oof. Interesting. I don't even it think Vader's shoulder, right shoulder was down. It ain't perfect. But if it's you want sure to sell fun to watch. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about a referee getting involved, go back and watch last week's Starcade 83 that watch along. Gene Kanitsky got involved in that match so many times. Mm. 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 Ah, I love it. All right. Ric Flair saves his career. All right. And the confetti's What's coming there? down. Yeah. That was a very... I feel like a lot of the current fan base should go back and watch these this era of flare matches. You know what I mean? Like now, there's an argument that he didn't pull off but two wrestling moves, but he brawled, and it was really cool to watch him brawl. Like in such a, it was kind of believable. More than kind of, but it was like, hmm, fun match. And the way he like, he like ran out of there so quickly too. Yeah, I would too though. That someone that big, I'll run too. (laughs) They replayed that belly flop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I guess he was down. Yeah. It was just such a weird. Yeah, like, it, it looks weird. I guess it really shows the desperation he Flair needed. Yeah, how desperate he was to win that match, and the difficulty to keep Vader down. Yeah, and I think that's important here too. Yeah. Oh. All right. That he was that close to kicking out. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the watch along. Um, That's a fun match. Want to wish you all happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas to those of you that celebrate. Um, to our Jewish listeners, we apologize for not wishing you a happy Hanukkah, but we hope you did have a nice Hanukkah season. Uh, next time, we'll be starting off our end of year awards. Uh, and That's also right. be on the lookout. Uh, we're not sure if it'll be part of a podcast episode or if we'll just post it on social media, but we do have AEW at World's End. And just over a week, we'll have our picks there. And Reverend, do you want to bestow upon us the final blessing? Everybody, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your families. Enjoy your solitude, whichever one you prefer or have. Um, We're all lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be here. I'm glad to be part of this crew always. And everybody, uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. So Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. We thank you guys for listening. As we said, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we will catch you soon. Peace.